0: Welcome to The Wonderful World of Dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com.
1: Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am so excited to introduce the acclaimed principal dancer, artistic director, award-winning choreographer, musician, composer, Guillaume Corte. Guillaume is currently a principal dancer and a choreographic associate at the National Ballet of Canada. He's also, amongst many things, the artistic director of the Canadian Festival, in French, bear with me, Festival d'Art de Sans Sevoir, which I will get Guillaume to correct me on in just a second. But this is this festival is one of the largest summer dance festivals in Canada. And, of course, the festival this year launches during the challenging COVID times, and is presenting a new project, which is called A Shared Solitude, with 20 artists, 20 creative creations, forming one voice. So let's hear more about his career and the upcoming festival. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, first things first, Let's correct my pronunciation of that wonderful (laughs) French title (laughs) so that all of the French and Canadian listeners around the world will know what I'm actually talking about.
0: Well, uh, it's this wonderful French thing where things seem longer in French than in English. You know, uh, so it's Festival des Arts de Saint Sauveur. It's a beautiful town that's in uh, in the Laurentians. It's about 45 minutes away from Montreal. Um, and in the same kind of vein as Jacob's Pillow or Vale, um, it's in a very scenic uh, part of uh, of Canada. So um, so that's why also I think it's kind of kept building in popularity uh, amongst uh, dance followers because we've uh, we've sort of directed since I took over five years ago we've directed the programming um, almost almost strictly towards dance so um, so we've had some incredibly uh, wonderful um, developments in, in the last five years and now we are um, yeah we're, we're happy to say that the festival got to a really great point until it just all got cancelled <laughs> uh, due to, uh, to the challenging time that we're in so
1: so tell me about a shared solitude what's what are you presenting for this festival?
0: So yeah, so when the festival uh, when, when we had done our research and, and it was very hard for us to let go of the live component because there's nothing like live dance, you know, and, and I fought so hard to have at least one kind of live component to, to the festival. But, um, but I was advised, highly advised by, uh, by everyone who was very highly placed in Canada and said there was going to be no gathering. So um, for me, the mission of the festival was always to support creation. Uh, I'm a creator myself, but I really, I truly love other creators and to be surrounded by creators Uh, and so I was going to focus my energy towards Quebec uh, dance creation Um, but also because we have a component of of music as well uh, at the festival I decided I was going to involve new music and new dance for 2020 20 artists so 10 composers 10 choreographers and they were going to collaborate on a project that was supposed to be uh, that is supposed to be um, well within the framework of the moment we're living in so um so created in a solo fashion so uh it would be for a solo instrument for the, for the music and it would be for a solo dancer uh, interpreter as well as choreographer for the dance part of it um, and also that everyone works on their separate track so within their own solitude so this is a bit different because you know in dance often collaboration between new music and new dance often what will happen is a choreographer will commission and will be the leader on the project and will sort of like kind of give a grocery list of what they want uh like respectfully obviously and i'm, I'm guilty of this as well when you have a composer like well this I, I really want something that sounds like philip glass and here i want this thing like, you know so um so this i didn't want that to happen because i was like well you know everybody's working in their own thing so why don't we use the surrealist artists um like Dali and so on, they used to use this this um, really amazing um, uh, art, artistic technique that was called cadavre exquis. And this technique was they folded a piece of paper in half, and then at a party or something, and then and then uh, one of the artists would draw something on the on the one side, and then without the other artist seeing what is on that side, they would flip it over, and then the other art- artist would come in and finish the drawing. And what linked together. This drawing, when it sort of got unfolded and you saw the finished product, was the moment they were in, was the conversations they were having. But it wasn't actually a collaboration. It wasn't one was trying to think what, what the other was thinking. So, um, so I thought the interesting thing about this project is that we, it, was, it wasn't a collaboration. So it was sort of this process where the composers would create a piece of music. So everybody signed on to doing the project without knowing what the other would do. Um, so it kind of used the moment of uncertainty that we're in at the moment as well. We don't know when our next performance will be. So um, so it was interesting to use that and to also tell the choreographer as well, you have to agree to do this project, but you're not going to know what your music is until a month from now. Um, you know, and I, I was nervous because, you know, we, we're, we're often... As creators we're often given free range of you know do whatever you you want and and you sort of you find your own theme and you find your own music and so on so it was interesting to see that everybody loved the exercise uh, you know during this confinement they liked being confined within their creativity as well so um, so everybody uh, jumped on board. Uh, there was some unsettlement when people received music because they were going, oh, this is not what I usually do. But, um, but I'm happy to say everybody plowed through and, and we have some really, really special, um, special creations. So the creations themselves are gonna be films that are gonna be made with a uh, with filmmaker. His name is uh, Louis Martin Charret. He's also, he's a wonderful filmmaker because he, he has, himself is a choreographer as well as uh, an ex-dancer. Uh, So he's able to make some really great dance films. Um, So the films will be be anywhere between 5 and 10 minutes. There's going to be 10 of them because 20 artists and 2 artists per film. Uh, and they're all going to be aired one a week, starting July fifth, uh, every Sunday uh, on our fe- on the festival festivaldesarts.ca, ca um, on our website, as well as on um, on the Orchestre Métropolitain website. Because another perk of the project was that I have a very good friendship with Yannick nezet uh, for those of you who don't know Yannick, he is the uh, director of the Metropolitan Opera in New York. He's a Quebecer, uh, and uh, and we've been friends for many years. And um, and he's also appeared at the festival many times with the, his orchestra in Mon- from Montreal called Orchestre Métropolitain. And what I did is, as soon as I wanted to involve a music component, I approached Yannick to pick the composers as well as uh, use the musicians of the Orchestre Métropolitain. So, uh, so all the the finished products will also be uh, on the website of the Orchestre Métropolitain.
1: That it sounds like quite an extraordinary project to take on as uh, the artistic director, but as you mentioned, there also for the creators who entered into this really not having very much control or and having to be very responsive. And you mentioned there about how they're all dealing with their own solitude in this time of lockdown. Mm
0: -hmm. How
1: how have you and the other artists, what have they said to you and how have your experience been in terms of trying to be creative and responding personally to this time?
0: You know, I was... uh... I was told uh, by one of the artists early on in the process because also with these films come some interviews to introduce the films. So I got to interview all these really wonderful creators from Marie Chouinard, I mean, you know, I'm a, such a fan of Marie Chouinard.
1: Absolutely. To,
0: to Margie Gillis, to young, uh, like Crazy Smooth, a hip hop choreographer from Ottawa, who, uh, who he saw the isolation as the best thing ever. Uh, which, which to me was such an amazing sort of vantage point because you know I, I, I wasn't there yet when when I talked to him about it. Um, but uh, but he, one of the artists said to me, you know we're all in the same boat, and uh, and I, I sort of took the liberty to correct her and I said, I don't think we're in the same boat. I think we're in the same storm, um, and I think we're all in our own individual boats, and uh, and then we're. Kind of, you know, canoeing away, trying to stay afloat. And there are good days, and there are bad days, and there are, there are times when you get a bigger wave. And um, and I think that's how isolation has been for me. I feel like it's been trying to sail this storm. Um, some days I see a little bit of sunlight in the in the distance, and I, I I decide, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be creative here. And and other days I'm just completely. At the mercy of this current that that we're all in. I mean, the the hopelessness um, is something that that, that is truly uh, profoundly difficult. Um, right now, I don't see much hope for uh, for the few months ahead. Uh, we will prevail, and we will keep going and we will have um, initiatives that will be uh, that will challenge also our art form and, and find opportunities and it's nice to see the glass half full but that other half of glass um, is uh, you know is, is still empty and there's a big emptiness uh, that, that like live art will, will be feeling until we can be back on stage.
1: Yeah absolutely and it's uh, the feeling not just locally and personally but globally as well you know, you know, the dance industry and seeing all of the the creators and all of the artists who participate in, in making performance happen, you know, not being able to pursue their, their professionalism and pursue their art in a, in a way that drives that performance, that live performance. So it's great to see video projects and great to see festivals like this continuing. What is it that you would like audiences to take away from these uh, ten videos over over these weeks? What what is your sort of one voice message?
0: Well, I think I think what I love about the project is there's a because it's classical contemporary music combined with uh, and musicians. It's live music and it's also uh, some really uh, really phenomenally. Um, talented artists all gathered uh, for the project. I think it's the sophistication of the project that I hope comes through. I think there's a lot of content online at the moment of a lot of things sort of floating and people putting out videos of themselves dancing in the woods and all of that. So. Um, and not to take away from that, that's all really wonderful. But but I hope this project is is through its sort of quality. Um, also, there's another element because, like I said, we are interviewing. I'm interviewing the choreographers, and Yannick isn't Nizis again is interviewing the the composers. Um, actually, it was interesting because it came from uh, from my dad. Uh, my, uh, I was I was visiting my my family uh, a few months ago. And my dad was saying, well, somebody gave me this CD and, and, and this, this pianist, and I, I don't really like it. I, like, I didn't like it at first, and I thought it was really bad. And so I said, oh, okay. And then uh, I, I spoke to him three weeks later, and he said, oh, she came to the Lac-Saint-Jean. She came to their, his region, and she did a live show. And he said, like, she spoke to the audience, and she spoke about her creative process. And then he said, and she was lovely. And she, and, she, and I, now I understand a little bit more, I mean, she didn't explain it, you know, word for word what it was, but she's like, she gave us some things to hang on to. And she, he said, now I listen to her every morning and I, I, I like it. I like the CD a lot. So this is what I hope people take away. So I, I hope that, you know, we can't make people, we can't make dance more human than it is because human, yeah. dance is humanity. Um, but we can make the people more human in a way that I think we can make people like Marie Chouinard, uh speak and yeah. talk and and not explain because we don't want to explain art. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. But we want to make sure that we are um, that we are you know giving some kind of um, of, of doorway inside um, you know people who may be sort of. Like under normal circumstances, intimidated by a piece by of Marie Shminal. But if she, if they see her talk about it, and they see her talk about her passion or her process or what her inspirations may be, uh, and also just talk about what she's been living through in the last few months, then it it will humanize uh, who this icon of Canadian dance is. And, uh, and maybe make new audiences discover the artists of Mariusweinar as opposed to just the work of Mariwein because I don't think the work of Marishwear needs any more uh, help to be publicized. I think she's a, a world phenomenon, but at the same time, I think her as a person is also such a valid um, and not just valid but such a such a precious you know thing to, uh, to witness. So I, I hope that people take away from these little uh, films not only, the, the, the beauty of the final product, but mostly um, the project, the entire project itself, meaning that it focus is truly on the artists themselves.
1: I, I could not agree more, uh, I have to say. And I think um, Marie is such a, a, a really good example of, of getting to know an artist and to understand an artist can really help you have a deeper relationship with the, the work. Um, and I remember when I interviewed uh, Marie a couple of years ago, I still to this day remember our conversation. I remember her, the way she's so exuberant and the way she talks and the, she has <laughs> so much passion and she her mind just works so fast and she has these incredible ideas and it's just, it was such a pleasure to go inside the artist, you know, to inside the mind and to really understand. It was it was actually one of the conversations that, that stick, it sticks out of my mind. And it was a, a couple of years ago now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't wait to see see these videos and the interviews um, as well. And I know everyone else will definitely. Um, but let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you said you're you're the one doing the interviews. So let's... Discover a little bit more for those who perhaps are outside of Canada. And although, you know, with your incredible career, you have performed all the great roles. You've guested with companies all around the world. You know, La Scala, English, Royal, ABT, Hamburg, Stuttgart. You've created a number of roles. You've choreographed a number of ballets. You compose music. You play <laughs> instruments. <laughs> There's so much to cover with your with your career, um, but. Talk to me about your, your, your love of the National Ballet um, of Canada because you've been with the company 22 years um, and you were promoted to principal at the tender age of 23. Tell me a little bit about that journey for you. Um,
0: you know, the, the dance world, I think, has changed uh, in the last 20 years. When, 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 I, was, when I joined the National Ballet, um, there was still a lot of guesting. There was still a lot of this like, era of people... Uh, calling you up and saying, "Hey, can you come and spend a week at La Scala and do Rudolph's Sleeping Beauty?" and and um, so so when I started with the National Ballet, I, I found that it was a very nurturing uh, home. Um, I had I had some incredible women around me who took care of me uh, in the best way possible, and uh, including my coach Magdalena Popa, who. Um, who formed me and she trained me and and I couldn't I couldn't picture my life without Magdalena and Karen Karen Kane uh, who was also um, a coach and and was was associate director and then eventually director um, and James Kadaka as well James Kadaka was my my first director and the uh, you know it, it's all about the care you know and and that's what I want to uh, to tell new artistic directors now. Um, it sometimes care lacks a little bit in this generation there's so many dancers that it's easy to think of a turnover company you know uh, you know the the care that the national ballet of canada gave me allowed me to not just value it but also form um, a loyalty you know and loyalty is another thing that's going away a little bit now you know you see the uh you see a few dancers leaving big companies saying, oh, I'm so confined here, I hate it. And there's no loyalty, you know, because I, I do think that loyalty is a really, is a strong thing because big dance companies can be seen as the enemy, but also if they're well-run, they, they can truly create artists. And you see that in Royal Ballet, you see, you saw that with uh, Marilena Nunes and you see that with, uh, with artists that come out uh, from the institution. And it's such a beautiful thing when you see that it's, that it's embraced and it's, um, it's both the artist and the institution and both, both seem to have an understanding and a loyalty towards each other. So that's what I felt with the National Ballet. I felt like there was loyalty, there was appreciation for me. Um, so so as, as I got to principal dancer um, uh, and I got some invitations to go other places and, and also obviously in, uh, offers to, to move other places, um, I always felt like no matter where I would go, I would, I wouldn't, um, I probably would never find what I have in Canada again. Um, and this, this means I had people who told me the hard truth about, you know, whether or not I need to work on this, on that. Uh, I found people who, who would challenge me constantly, um, and including my wife, Heather Ogden, who, um who is a principal dancer with the National Ballet. Um, we, we got to be colleagues uh, way before we were a couple. We danced together for about uh, seven years before we got together. But she was also very inspiring to me. She was a colleague, but you know, she was a, a partner, but she was cr- incredibly intelligent and um, and she was very smart. And, um, and even though we weren't together, I valued my relationship and partnership with her uh, a lot. So I wanted to keep that. Um, and then, so as I started traveling, I, I, I loved, I loved, of course, it's uh, the grass is always greener. So, you know, I I got wooed uh, obviously by, by the also attention that you get when you go and guest other places. Um, and so I started doing that much more than being at home for a little while there. And, um, but, but I enjoyed that uh, tremendously. And also I, from, you know, dancing with some of the world's most inspiring ballerinas and, and, and from Julie Kent to Tamara Rojo to Svetlana Takarova. like I'm, you know, Eugenia um, in the Bolshoi, and and I've, I'm just so spoiled to have had um, to have had the opportunity to 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 go there and 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 dance in these really wonderful places for long enough to to also, uh, I w- I don't want to say like to live the culture, but at least to be able to truly witness what it was, you know, to be with the Royal Ballet, I was there for. Maybe two months, so I got to really learn um, how they work and, and, and the style and, and gain uh, true respect too for the inner workings of it. I, I in no way am, would, was part of it, but I was also but I was able to be a little fly on the wall for that, for that amount of time, so I, I loved it, but also loved going back home and, uh, and bringing those things back and um, and Karen, uh, as she took over directorship she was uh, she was very clever. At bringing the right repertoire at the right time uh, and you know there's there's a few examples from you know from bringing in uh, Christopher Wheeldon's Winter's Tale to to bringing in um, uh, also a, a role for me that changed my career which was Nijinsky by John Nurmayer. Uh and that role yeah that role sort of extended my <laughs> extended my love for the company and for um, for dance in general, which is, which, is a, which is a crazy thing to say that a role could do that, but it did. Um, and also that she, she saw an opportunity when, when, I, when I started loving choreography. And that's another great thing from a great artistic director. I think it's, it's not just letting things roll, but, and not just say, well, the, if people want to choreograph, they'll find a way. Like, that's not always necessarily the truth, I think, as a as an artistic director, and even Reed Anderson, who was director here before, you spot it. I think you see, you go, okay, well, this person has a really knack for musicality and for partnering, and whatever it is. So I'm gonna give that person extra chances, and and that's kind of what happened. So Karen gave me some really wonderful um, uh, opportunities choreographically, and uh, and I was able to to uh, to to create as I was still dancing, which is some which is like not always the case usually when people start creating they kind of have to slow down their dancing but but i was able to to do both and and i I love that part of it i love learning from being the choreographer uh and appreciating other choreographers and appreciating the craft uh of choreography as well and the respect of of the choreographers in general so um so yeah, so then Canada just really there was it was a no brainer that i would that I would stay here and keep investing my time here also that I feel like there's a huge potential for for dance in Canada even more than uh, than we know i think uh, I think dance is so um dance is the national ballet is a very is a very important company and so on, but there isn't that much that much going on in Toronto because uh, uh, those people who are not familiar with canada montreal is is truly a hub of contemporary dance uh from la la human steps to marie chouinard to overtigo to there's but there's been so many amazing companies coming out of montreal but toronto is a little bit more uh of a deserted island where there's national ballet of canada and that's kind of it so um so i i, I hope to um I hope to really broaden, um, broaden also our audiences. I I believe in ballet, but I don't believe in the context of ballet being always, uh, always the same. Um, So I I like, I like changing, and that's why uh, my love of choreography came in because. um, So I I made a production with uh, with a very famous uh, theater. Actually, opera designer, his name is Michael Levine. Uh, and he's, uh, he, so he, it was a sort of a, con, uh, a coming together of, um, of visual art and of ballet. That, and it was, uh, it was a, I, I think it was a, an extremely interesting project. Whether you liked it or you didn't, it's, it's another thing. But um, the, the interest was, was definitely there. And, and, and then I created another, uh, another full-length ballet with Robert Lepage. Robert Lepage is a is a very famous uh, theater director. Uh, he's a Quebecer, and uh, we worked on the life of Norman McLaren, who's an animator. Um, and animation is choreography of of um, of the screen, more or less, right? So so we uh, we put a full live show, uh, which is which is supposed to come to Sadler's Wells. Um, next year which i'm not sure if it's going Mm. to happen now but uh but anyway so uh, i all this to say that it's it's a ballet but it's in a very different it's a proposition that's very different than than the usual ballet you would see so um so that's kind of my passion as far as like trying to do trying to do ballet with some different little different quirks but um but yeah i mean i've found challenges along the way and also my personal life has been uh, has been really great in, in Canada because I find that the living, uh, arrangements, uh, I, I never wanted to live in the United States. I'm sorry to say, but, um, I never really, uh, was drawn to, uh, to living in, in, in the States. So I, I loved, um, the Canadian mindset. Um, also, uh, yeah, I found that having my children there, bilingual, uh, close to my, to, close to my family, having great values, um, uh, was very important. So um so yeah so right now yeah. I'm I'm still in a, in a place where I'm going I don't know what my next adventure will be uh as um you know whether it's uh as a coach or choreographer or uh artistic director um and I don't know if it'll keep me in Canada. Um I, I hope it mm. does but if it doesn't I'm also I'm open for a new adventure, maybe moving to Greece for a few months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come to the Greek islands with me, <laughs> bring the kids. Um, so tell me about your choreographic process. Um, I, I love this idea where you're talking about ballet in a different context and um, yeah, contrasting involving different mediums and you know, illustrations, etc., and the visual arts component. Um, and of course, you're very musical. You know, being a trained musician and a composer, which I think for a, a choreographer, that's not very common. Um, it's not something that you hear too much about. Um, so, tell, talk to me also about um, the musical component in how you approach your work as a as a creator. But also, I I can imagine, of course, that's going to give you a I don't want to use the word edge, but that musicality must uh, help with with the performance as well. Um, so I'm really interested in yeah. in the processes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see choreography as this. You know, I, I, I I'm a huge fan of someone like City Larbi Cherkawi because I feel that. He sees choreography as a way of communication, and not as this, um, not as uh, a vocabulary that he's kind of. He has millions of vocabularies, and and he can craft shows around flamenco to contemporary dance to classical dance to some success, some more successful than others. But at the same time, I feel like what he's able to do is is truly, um, it is it's truly what I'd like to be able to do one day. So he's kind of my <laughs> my hero wow. in a way that that I love um I love that way of working. I love the way that you you're able to take a context and and also mix it with the with the social commentary um and also use use different talents and collaborative efforts and, and, uh, and, and, you know, make something that you feel is, is, a, is, you know, like Babel like a work that is truly coherent to, um, to what we, what we struggle with at the moment. But at the same time, uh, it's rich, rich in ideas, rich in artists, rich in, in, in on so many levels. And it's the balance of it all. He's a great director, a great choreographer. He's a, he's, a, he seems to be a great, um, uh, great artist because I, I and then that's also why I, I wanted to work with Rob Lepage as well because I feel like he's so great with doing that with circus and you know, with doing that with opera and he does that with, uh, he was doing that with uh, Kodo drummers um, in in Japan for the opening of the Tokyo ceremonies before it got all got cancelled so I really love, I love the idea of working with, with dance, but in, in that way. So, but I, I like the class, I like classicism and I like classical ballet. So I'd like to, to incorporate more of a classical ballet, um, component than, than, than CD, um, in some ways. Uh, but at the same time, um, yeah, at the moment I've, uh, I've always been really inspired by, um, by the context and, and the, the concept, um, and, and I've done, uh, I've done things that are, um, so with my last creation was actually, um, a collaborative effort with, uh, with, uh, with a writer. His name is Royce Vavrick. He's a Pulitzer prize writer. Uh, and he wrote sort of a modern day fairy tale, um, that was sort of, um, meant to be, uh, actually very adult. Um, and, and it, and it was, and we sort of made a story, story ballet, um, out of that. And so, so that to me was, was, um, Basically, the project came out of the collaboration between me and, and this writer. Um, so, so often I'll I'll use a collaborative uh, I'll use I'll use uh, the collaborative energy to uh, to, to create something. Um, and when I don't have a collaborator, then then I I, I obviously will pick the music. The music comes first. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of. Things that sit on the music, um, you know, like in this day and age when we can all be video editors, it's it's easy enough to take a Philip Glass track and and put on all sorts of, you know, movement and and something will line up eventually. Um, what I like to watch is I like to watch uh, things that are deliberately placed on on music because although a lot of music will be based on improvisation and and um, and and a lot of music as well nowadays is is um systems or or you know it is is based on that there's still there's still an interest in 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 deliberate choices so um so i like i like watching something where i i see that people are making choices whether it's an improvisational choice or whether it's a it's an actual choreograph sequence um i i i i like the i like seeing someone think when they're when they're executing, so um, so I like to be the same as a choreographer. I like to make sure that every moment is um, is is um, is thought of. It doesn't need to be calculated, but at least it's it's um, discussed.
1: Yeah, that's quite uh, quite an, quite a trying to think of of the word. I was just so wrapped up in in listening to you. I was uh, <laughs> caught off guard almost by by. Uh, by the end um talk to me about your the the, the musical elements uh, mm-hmm. well, it's i was reading that you had learned the cello is this <laughs> yes. is this correct i
0: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i had learned the cello um, yeah and it, like it, it's kind of i stopped for the really banal reason that i moved on the second floor of an apartment uh building and uh and i couldn't Play anymore because my 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 downstairs neighbor just couldn't couldn't stand it. So I <laughs> actually stopped playing for a period of about three years, and then I got so rusty that I just never picked it up again. So I mean, you know, I I have to curse my my downstairs neighbor <laughs> for uh, for ruining my cello career. No, I'm kidding. I was not. I was never that good at it. You know, I I'm a frustrated musician. I think that's the uh, I think that's the truth. I love music. I I I listen to music. If you ask my wife, she's I think she's uh driven crazy by me having earphones in all the time um, and uh and claiming that there's music playing, but there is like, maybe there isn't
1: uh, yeah. but you but you also compose your yes, your own yeah, schools. So- talk. To- what type of what type of music? Tell me how you. Um. Uh, yeah,
0: I I, I compose quite a bit of classical music. Uh, actually, I, I, I started off as a composer, uh, not uh, as a dancer. Well, not as a I was a dancer. I was dancing as a corps de ballet uh, dancer at the National Ballet, and there was a, a, a choreographer. Her name was Dominique Dubay. Uh, and Dominique, uh, I showed her some of my music uh, when she came to the ballet school and she loved it. So then, yeah, we worked together on th- uh, three different projects. One full length, uh, one half hour work for Stuttgart Ballet, one for Alberta Ballet. Um, and then I ended up writing pieces for like Marcelo Gomez and a bunch of other um, uh, of, uh, other choreographers who really liked my music uh, so so yeah so I started working really late at night for a long <laughs> time uh, doing my dance during the day and then doing the music thing and um, at a certain point I think I got insecure uh, about the music thing because you know some people I dedicate seven hours a day to ballet you know to dance and to my craft and choreography and and um, but music there are people out there dedicating Seven hours a day to composing to writing music, um, and I, I didn't think I would do justice to uh, to keep going and, and try to do projects side by side. And then my dance career also started to take off um, with an international component, and um, so I, I stopped writing music. I, I, I keep playing. I play guitar quite a bit still, and, and I I play piano when I when I can. But um, but I stopped. Um, I stopped uh, the the composing. I would say maybe like seven years ago or something okay. like that. But yeah. I, I have written I've written two three pieces since then that uh, that I think I'll, I'll resurrect um, my composing side uh, I, eventually. I did write a piece of music that one uh, that that I choreographed to in Italy. My first full length was in was in uh, was in Florence at the Maggio Musicale in Florence where Beautiful. I wrote the score for the orchestra uh and choreographed the whole thing and danced in it and that was like probably the the most difficult thing i've ever had to do in my life so i was traumatized i think i I don't think i would ever try that again um but but i'll try to to do music again i mean the thing is like i'm such a fan of of so many composers at the moment and uh and I think I'm enjoying being a, a a fan more than being a composer at the moment.
1: With all of those incredible talents that you have, you know, <laughs> I have no, no, to no, ask, no, how no, do you do it, no, or no, how no, do, I, you I I do you really <laughs> yeah. You know, because you, you're not just the principal dancer still. You know, choreographer, artistic director. You know, husband, father of two. It's uh, and you know, and you're obviously you're. you're claim to what you do it's a, a huge huge amount to take on how do you do it all <laughs> do you sleep ever?
0: <laughs> you know i i yeah i i've always kind of gone with i i don't i don't do much else than what i love so um and what i love is is a is a funny it's a narrower uh it's a it's a narrower um hallway than most people i i love i love everything related to ballet to dance you know and music is that music is related to ballet and dance and i like i when i when i listen to music i see dance that's why i listen to music because i see movement um everything is related to dance my and, and in some weird way also my wife is related to my to dance because we work together and we share the same passion and the same love of dance uh, well you know I bring dance into my family to my kids uh, as much as we can and, you know and you know so so I think the way that I do it all is because they're all related and they're all they're all interconnected you know if I if I had the the interest of like you know um, I don't know uh, accounting or something <laughs> or like, that's for I don't know, car, car, <laughs> car making and ballet then I would say you know like those things are hard to find the schedule for but, yeah. but you know it's, it's funny because I, I, I'm able to multitask quite a bit um, also at the Festival des Arts de Saint-Sauva I have an incredible uh, executive director uh, general manager his name is Etienne Leving and um, and we've been friends for many years uh, and, and he's able to I'm good at delegating so he's he's very good on that side he's very good at helping me um, manage uh, a lot of the artistic direction for that um, and as far as the yeah I mean in, in the end uh, I think I don't, I don't do anything that um, uh, like I don't really play sports or anything like that or I don't have any hobbies that, that take me away from what I love to do so.
1: you do what you love that's right so Given the the global lockdown, and we're seeing you know some released you know, lockdown life at least in the broader world, you know you may be able to go to a shop, or but you still can't go um, see dance. What's what's next for you? You know you've you've been with the company you know over two decades. What's what does the future you know next year look like? Next five years look like for you? um
0: i think i'd like to well i had i had some big plans and then now they're they're not as big you know it's a it's a normal i think uh it's a normal reassessment that i think most people are kind of having to do um you know i have dedicated the last 22 years to my dance career and so i want to finish that on a high note uh one of the things that i want to focus my energy on and and i i've i've been creating i create i'm creating on an uh i created this independent project called crypto which is going to start touring in canada as soon as we can uh taking it to the small places in canada because that was also part of my my project because i want to go to smaller cities like because national ballet sort of stays in toronto and then goes to london and paris and it's exciting and stuff but you know we, we need to get out to the small places in canada and we need to show high level dance you know not just the smaller companies but we we need to get out there and, and i like to you know I, I did this this tour a few years ago called the kings of Dance, and and it was like a one thing that i did learn from that project um was that we went to small small cities in russia and and that was one of the funnest thing ever just because you you introduce a whole other crew to what we do and, you know like these people are just happy that you made the effort to come to them you know, so um, so I'm, uh, that's something that I'd like to, to do as art as artistic director. Also, um, one day if I if I am an artistic director, I think that's our future. I think we need to keep thinking of going to the people. You know, it's um, and not we, should, we need to we need to make dance more available by just sticking on online. It's not that's not the way, that's not the way it's going to work. We have to educate through online projects and I think the online projects are really wonderful not to take away from it but I do think we do need to double up on our presence so, um, so yeah so I mean that project the creativity for that was, was, uh, was already the, the project the creative process sorry for that had been finished um, and I was very excited to get that on the road and so I'd, I'd really like to finish also that. I have one more project that I want to do as a dancer and choreographer. Uh, another project with Abala Page that that I'm that I'm hoping to. Um to solidify, um, and then the National Ballet, I'd like to retire as a dancer uh, on a high note. And then, then, yeah, then we'll see about the next adventure. I mean, I'd love to, to see what, uh, what I can do as far as keep creating, keep finding projects that I find are, are stimulating. I'm very lucky because I find also that, um, that I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm well aware that, that uh, I'm privileged you know and um and i'm i'm hoping to create more opportunities for people who aren't as privileged Mm -hmm. Uh, and i hope i hope that i can also use whatever privilege i've had to also change change the game a little bit for people who um, who haven't and um yeah and i mean i think right now there's some major discussions happening in the dance world i'm part of a lot of them i'm I'm silently part of them I, i i don't I don't have an opinion yet, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if 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 it's about opinion either. Like I mm-hmm. think it's about listening. Um, I think right now a lot of us are doing that, and I think that's that's valuable. I think this time of confinement has allowed me to to stop talking, <laughs> <laughs> which, as you see from this interview, is hard. For me. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a, it's this interesting thing, though. I think I think um, yeah, and start yeah. listening. to oh my god, I, I think I haven't. I haven't truly been as, um, as non-biased as I think I have been. And, and I think we're all guilty of being, um, also non active enough, uh, passive a little bit about a lot of these issues. Uh, there's a black dancer in our national ballet company who's making us, um, really face a lot of the, mm-hmm. of the racism that has been in, in dance. And, um, and also the, the, the stifling of opportunities for black artists, um, in canada the indigenous community has had a, a huge problem uh, in in a way that their their art and, and their and you know the way that they've been uh, kept uh, from the high arts in yes. that way is, is yeah. truly difficult so so these are conversations and, and that i've i've sort of kept my, my my ear into and 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 i'm hoping to make a difference uh, yeah. in the next few years. Two, uh few decades.
1: And we, we all want the dance industry to, to be better. We all want to be better, do better, and to, as you say, to listen and to learn so that we can, you know, take the right action. Um, and as you say, now is a great time in our self-isolation to listen and to, you know, see what's going on around the world and to make change. Um, but my final question um, is... And thinking about you know the privilege that we that we do have, and and those who will be listening to your incredible story and looking at your incredible career, and thinking you know I I would love to follow in in your footsteps. What advice would you have for our other aspiring uh, dancers who are looking for this uh, type of um, you know international acclaimed career or looking to move from? being a dancer into a creator within um, the modern world that we live in
0: i think what separates what separates the good uh from from the others (laughs) and the, the successful ones focus on the work focus on working and focus on the integrity of the work you know like from Roberto Bole to Marianela Nunez, which I named before, to Tamara Rojo, to Alina Chajacaru, to Paloma Herrera, uh, Julie Kent, like that's the one thing that I can easily say is it's not an Instagram profile. Like it, you know, it's not, not, they're not personalities because they're personalities. They're personalities because I watched Roberto Bolle at La Scala do class every single day and balance for longer than, like just as an exercise, like for hours on end. And we did Bole and Friends, and every day he danced all day, all the time, worked on his technique every day. So that's my only advice. It's to, to find love in the work and working. Don't try to, it, it, you're not gonna find a magical, Uh, new teacher online that's going to fix your problems you you need to just look around you look at the best mentors that you can find Uh, look at have a clear goal as to what you would like to achieve and work just uh, and also you know like we we see we see time differently now than we ever have our short attention span seems to believe that one hour of work is a long time I think it's not i think yeah. for ballet and for dance uh, for training i think um i think we're looking at spans of 6 to 8 hours like you have to look into how can you how can you work as hard as you know Marionella does like and that's and that's hard because these people work so hard and and myself included and heather my wife included and coming back from a baby and those things, you know, it, it, on Instagram, it looks like, oh, you know, three months postpartum, I'm back in the studio. But, you know, it, we don't talk about the insanely difficult, like, early morning where she's crying because she doesn't want to leave her children. But she needs to go in because she needs to get her career back. And, you know, like these are, so it, you have to focus on the work and find right. happiness in the work because otherwise you're always going to fall short of, of, um, of, uh, of skill,
1: it's great advice and it goes also back to what you said about doing what you love um, and finding love in what you do and working so hard. That is so, such wonderful advice. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's absolute delight. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the videos uh, which are starting to be released on the 5th of July. And for all of the listeners, um, check out the website for details of how to access those and the release schedules. Um, and the, the uh, website is, Festi- oh, I will spell it, uh, festival.ca, de- uh, festival, D-E-S-A-R-T-S dot C-A. And don't forget to follow on Instagram. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to talk to Thank
0: you. Thank you. So nice to talk to you as well. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.